0: Video recordings of this podcast can be found on RaisingEquity.org and RaisingEquity on YouTube. Hey folks, welcome to Raising Equity. I'm Dr. Kira Banks. And on today's episode, I want to talk about this concept, the built landscape that I use a lot in my trainings. And if you've listened to the podcast for any length of time, you've heard me use it. What does it mean? And I want to share a little bit about how I came to use the term, what it means, some examples, so that you can walk along with me as I use it as a metaphor for understanding how we can address systems, right? So I started using it, gosh, about maybe seven or eight years ago, really to help people see the systems that operate around us they're so intangible they're operating without us being able to like touch and feel them and and sometimes we need uh, stories metaphors ways to think about how to make the invisible visible and so they operate around us and i wanted to have also not only a way to see them but also a way in which we interact with our our world around us right and so the way that i Define the built landscape is the patterns and practices that are in our environment that shape access and opportunity. And the term built landscape is not my term in and of itself. I use it in the context of of equity, but I I have learned it comes from geography. I've seen it used in land development and urban planning, and it speaks explicitly to those things in our environment, like our roads, the buildings. Uh, those those objects that are in our system that we literally build. And so I like the use of the term built landscape in the context of equity, because it doesn't allow us to be passive observers. It requires us to to be astute observers of what's built around us, what's the space around us, what's happening, what are we contributing to the building of, what was built before us, what are we stepping into in a way that brings us into the conversation. So I think it's important for us to understand the idea of built landscape as it's used in other disciplines because it it can help us think about like what shapes our, our living spaces, our neighborhoods, our cities, you know, what makes them who they are and it's often it's a, it's what gets built up around us we know certain cities by their iconic you know, skyscrapers, by the skyline. That's because the built landscape is unique to that city. Uh, we know different contours of, of how highways work, uh, how they merge, how the exits are set up. You know, there, there are certain things that we come to see and know about built landscapes that might be similar across different spaces, but then also unique. And like, what makes a neighborhood unique? Think about where you live. What makes it what it is? In St. Louis, where I'm based, there are different neighborhoods, and sometimes it has to do with which, which urban park is in your neighborhood or which uh, type of of uh, cuisine is known in your neighborhood. There's an iconic neighborhood, The Hill, that's known for uh, Italian-Americans living in that neighborhood and, and the food and the restaurants, right? That's part of the built landscape, that you can have an Italian restaurant, but the fact that it's on The Hill, right, is, is something that is noteworthy, and there's a pattern, of Italian restaurants, of good Italian cuisine. You come to expect that pattern uh, in that neighborhood, right? And so I want us to, to start to think about when it comes to inequities, what's in the built landscape around us? And so the the use of this term in the context of, of, of equity came about when I was a consultant for the Ferguson Commission. The Kellogg Foundation came to talk to the commission and was urging us to think about equity, not equality. So again, you might have heard me talk about this if you've been following my work at all. I like to refer back to that moment because it was the time that I started to build content to help people understand the distinctions between diversity, equity, inclusion, what's similar, what's different, uh, What what is the work that we need to do, And they were urging us using one of the the visuals of the people at the fence. And so this is one of those times where if you're just listening to the podcast, that it might be helpful to know that you also can watch the podcast. If you go to my website, KiraBanks.com, or you can also find us on YouTube. Uh, So I will describe the visual and you might, you might know it, you might be familiar with it, but you can also watch it. It'll be on the screen. So this visual is people at a fence, right? They're trying to look over the fence, see a game. And it's to help us realize that to do things in a way that's equal, equality, give everyone the same riser, would not give people equity, access, and opportunity. Because what happens is if everyone got the same riser, there would still be people who couldn't see over the fence. I have a critique of that common meme in a sense, that common visual. And my first critique is if you look at the visual, the people are different heights. So what we're solving for is the fact that one of the people is the shortest and that person, because there's something about them, inherent about them, and I'm not saying being short is a deficit, but in this scenario, it's being framed as a deficit that's in the person. That shortness is what we're solving for and why equality doesn't work. Right. So that's my first critique. And I think that that's problematic because too often we frame the narrative of of equity as needing to to make up for something that's lacking in a person or a people group that this people group, if they would just insert the blank, we wouldn't have to do this. Right. It's false. And I'll share a little bit more about why in a moment. My second critique of this visual is that what it shows is that to get to equity, giving people what they need, they take a riser from the person who already can see over the fence because they're taller and they give it to the person who's shorter. Now, in some ways, I don't think there's anything wrong with that in a collectivist mindset, right? I don't need this, let me give this to you. But what I've seen happen is that framing can actually perpetuate a scarcity mindset that to do equity we have to take from one group and give to another. And that's also false. And that's not the narrative that can help us move this work along. It can actually stop it in its tracks. So those are the two big frameworks, uh, two big critiques I have of that visual. And I prefer the visual And so you'll see this up on the screen if you're watching, right? That actually shows three different people at a fence. The people are three different colors rather than heights. So there's nothing that's inherently less than about them in terms of their physical stature that makes them not be able to see over the fence but that it's the shape of the ground beneath them the pitch of the fence in front of them so the ground is higher the the fence is lower and so a person of a certain height can see over the fence but when the ground is lower the grade is lower there's there's less there's less ground there right it literally is lower a lower grade the fence is higher the pitch of the fence is higher a person of a similar height can't see over the fence the reason i think that this visual really hits home this idea of the built landscape is it pushes us to realize that what we are solving for when we're trying to get to equity isn't that there's something less than about a person or a people group. It doesn't require that we take something from one person and give it to another. It requires that we fix the built landscape. It We fix what's around us, what's happening in the environment. Because these people who are different colors, there's diversity, right? And so we have differences and what's going to fix this situation isn't to be nice to someone because of their difference or include them in spite of their difference, right? So diversity and inclusion can be present in this environment without equity being present. Equity means access and opportunity is not predicted on the basis of some social identity. And so in this case, we have their access and opportunity being dictated by where they are in this in this visual, right? You could say by color, right? Uh, and so in that sense, what we want to solve for is not something about the individual person or the people group, but what's happening in the built landscape. And I I think it changes the conversation because so often when we talk about inequities, we focus on hearts and minds. And while it would be great if individuals wanted to be kind and giving and and make sure everyone had what they needed, I actually think it's most important to think about how when we're in positions of leadership or positions of power, we take that power responsibly and we we are accountable to the people that we are living with and maybe even responsible for in a certain setting. And we make sure things are fair and equitable, that people have access and opportunity. And so in this case, the way that we would solve for it isn't to do something to a certain people group. We don't need to create a program to fix the group or to make sure that they're able to insert the blank. We could fill in the ground we can make that ground level. We could chop the fence so that it's at a level that everyone could see. There's all sorts of ways that we could solve for it. We could bring more risers in because there's other wood. It's not like there's only so many risers. It's not a finite number. And we could make sure that people had the number of risers that they need to be able to see over the fence. I share this because the built landscape is about seeing and being honest about naming what's happening around us. It's not getting caught in the narratives about what makes a person group less than or why this group consistently experiences inequities. We can create stories and narratives around that but they're often false and inaccurate narratives. One example that I often use in like corporate spaces for folks is to think about the idea of mentoring that the person who can see over the fence and who can kind of see the way the game's played is kind of like that person who steps into a place you know maybe because of where they went to school or because some sort of aspect of who they are people naturally are like i see them as an emerging leader maybe they remind me of myself when i was growing up or you know maybe we came through the same program and so i'm going to mentor them i'm going to maybe even sponsor them really put my neck out for them they're able to see the way the game's played those unspoken rules of the road they're going to learn them because someone's either explicitly teaching them or they're able to observe cuz they're in in the space and can watch the game be played And so to say that we want other people at the fence to have access and opportunity is not to take away the mentoring and networking that one person has or one people group has, but to make sure that that is available to others. And so it's not enough to say, "Oh, you know what? I'll just I'll just hold this person up. I'll just prop them up so they can see the game." That would be kind of like taking a one-on-one approach to mentoring. "Oh, I'm going to pat myself on the back and help this person. Uh, I'm going to like by lifting them up so they can see the game or, you know, giving them the rules of the road." That is not a bad thing. But a systems perspective, a true equity perspective would say, "You know what? What's really wrong with this built landscape is that everyone who comes to this place at the fence can't see because of the ground, because the fence, and it's a matter of seeing and identifying those barriers and then removing them. So that the the whole built landscape is more equitable, not just that one person getting access and opportunity, but that you're shifting the built landscape for equity over time. One personal example that I realized as I was developing this, this story around the built landscape was that at my first position, I uh, became pregnant with my first child and came to find out that the, the university didn't have any sort of childbearing leave. It just didn't exist in the built landscape. And so I had to negotiate for what my leave would look like and, and you know, what I thought I needed. And, and they were open to that. They weren't saying that you just had to take FMLA. They were open to coming up with a solution, but I said to them, rather than one-off, Every blue moon, or every so often, when a person decides to, you know, rear a a human being, then you have to figure out this one off solution. Why not think about how to shift the built landscape so that it is more fair? So that when people come into the environment, they know, oh, this is what is possible should I decide to engage in child rearing. This is what is available to me, what I have access to. Because there might have been people who didn't move forward with their family planning because they didn't know what would happen with their job and they didn't want to take a chance. Maybe they couldn't afford to take FMLA and they didn't know that the university was open to a proposal, but they just hadn't put it into writing. So that's an example of a barrier that was in place by omission for folks who might be child rearing. And that environment was not equitable or inclusive for folks who were going to take on that position. And so they shifted the built landscape and added a policy so that it was no longer that you had to negotiate for what your leave was going to look like. I want you to think about this idea of the built landscape. I want you to practice seeing what's sometimes invisible around you in your different environments. I want you to notice, you know, what, what ways of doing things, what practices, norms, policies have been in place at the different places maybe you've worked or where you've been in community with folks and and how, how do they work for you? Were they hinders? Did they get in the way? Were they barriers? Were there things that are helps? Sometimes it's harder to see the things that were helping us. But if we're in relationship with folks who are in different, different positions, kind of at that fence, we might hear from them their experiences. But I want you to practice seeing, naming, making visible what's invisible. Because to be able to shift the built landscape, we have to be astute observers of it. So I hope that this breakdown of the term built landscape helped you understand more of of what I mean when I say it. It really is, to me, the essence of what Raising Equity is about. It's about raising our equity IQ. It's about seeing, naming, and then using and leveraging our our power and our position to shift, to make a space more equitable for everyone. That's what Raising Equity is about. And so it means practicing seeing the built landscape, working together to, to notice and observe and look for opportunities to shift and change. You can find more of my thoughts and my musings on Instagram and Facebook at Dr. Kira Banks, on Twitter at Kira Banks. Thanks for joining me on Raising Equity.